Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. This week, we are recapping Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. From San Francisco to the quantum realm and everywhere in between, with me as always is Steve Howler. What's up, Steve? Well, well, we've got uh, a recap of a much maligned movie that I don't believe anybody thought was as maligned as it should be. No, wait, well, strike that and right. it. Um, also with us as uh, once before is our friend uh, and uh, friend of the show and friend in real life, Matt Peseta. What's up, Matt? Hi, guys. Such a great uh, pleasure to be here. Big fan of the show. Love guesting on the show. And, and really the best part of this is uh, I don't have to wear pants. So there you go. <laughs> so, so yeah, you guys don't do uh, video on your own show, so. No, no, we don't. Um, and whenever I go to my brother's house, I have to wear pants. So it's what a bummer a thing. It yeah. really is. A shame. Um, uh, Steve mentioned your show, which is called Heroes of the Disney Galaxy, another podcast where you and your nephew talk about all things Disney, movies, parks, um, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we really have a lot of fun. Um, what's unique about it is uh, I'm a former cast member, and he is turning 11 uh, in a couple weeks. So yeah. <laughs> it's cool to hear, um, you know, uh, some uh, a viewpoint of someone who's 40 and someone who is turning 11. And and um, he really he brings me down to earth and 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 reminds me of different things that I can't remember and. And, and we do uh, trip recaps and we do stuff on Disney Plus and we do, um, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, that kind of stuff. We really have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Well, so if uh, you're listening to this or watching this and you're uh, jonesing for more Disney uh, content, not just Marvel and Star Wars stuff, but Disney across the board, check out Heroes of the Disney Galaxy. We are here on the Multiverse Report, as promised, as we promised you all last week with a recap and reaction to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, a movie which, uh, I'm sorry, I, I broke this part of the promise to you all, and I apologize as host. Uh, and what more sacred bond is there between podcast host and podcast listener? And here I am breaking it. I did not see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania last week as I foretold that I would. But Steve did. I did. And Matt did. And that's why Matt is here with us, because I cannot speak to the plot of this movie <laughs> where Matt and Steve both can. So we're going to do a little non-spoiler thing up front, and then I'm going to take my headphones off, and they're going to kind of dive into more spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, you might be able to listen to maybe the first few minutes of this, and then we'll tell you when it's going to become a spoiler thing. And then you can turn it off, just like I'm going to um, remove myself from the equation here as well. And, and uh, I think Mike is the sole reason there's been such a drop-off between week one and week two of uh, uh, returns on, on uh, the film. So, <laughs> Yeah, I just read, and I was going to bring it up during our conversation, but thank you for giving me the perfect lead-in. This, this movie had a 69.7% drop-off in the box office receipts between re week one and week two, which is the largest drop in Marvel Cinematic Universe history of any Marvel, any MCU movie, this has got the biggest drop between week one and week two. Even Black Widow, that was released during a pandemic, I guess it was released during a pandemic and it was also on Disney Plus. So right. maybe that's why less people went to see it the second week because they were watching it at home. But still, uh, largest in history, even like 
poorly reviewed ones like Thor Love and Thunder or Dark World or anything like that. Biggest drop off. Um, and I mean, I got to say, someone that hasn't seen it, I have to say that it's probably because the reviews have been mixed to negative, I think. And I think we talked about that last week, but I'm sitting here talking to two guys that, from what I've heard, really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, right? I mean, the, the gist of what I saw was a fun movie that had a lot of decent bones. It was, you know, if you're looking for cinema, if you're looking for the Banshees of Inishirin, it is not that. Sure, if you want sure. a fun-ass popcorn movie that is doing a decent job of setting up Phase 5, then and a, uh, I, I can say, and I would assume Matt will agree, the highlight of the entire film was Jonathan Majors doing Jonathan Majors things because holy shit, as Kang the Conqueror, he yeah, uh, he definitely he plays the part, he plays the role, and I mean, you guys, anybody who is going into this movie and is remotely interested in this movie probably saw Loki, uh, and um, He Who Remains, he took every bit of his acting acting chops from that, tweaked it, and plays a completely different but the same character. Hmm. So yeah, I'll even go. I'll even go one further. Um, this is probably my second favorite film since Endgame. Um, Whoa, I, wow. I loved, yeah, a, a Marvel film that yeah. is. Um, I, I, uh, I, uh, Spider Man Far From Home, uh, No Way Home. Excuse me, not Far From Home, uh, No <laughs> Way Home. Um, but but this was great. It, it was it was a lot of fun. It, they, you know, after twenty eight films or whatever, you have to start going in a different direction i feel and and you have to create new worlds and if anything if nothing else this was a giant world building movie um and and i i thoroughly enjoyed it right and was it a mess at times sure but was it a fun mess <laughs> yeah okay like there's that was a fun mess yeah like I, I i think i texted you i was like uh, when you, I think you had asked me if there, if if you should still go see it, and I'm like, there's no point. You're gonna want to walk out of it. I can tell you that. Like it's, yeah, it's no. just a good, happy, fun movie. Yeah, no, I would still, I still plan on going to see it. Yeah. Uh, maybe sometime this week. I just been um, in this February songwriters uh, challenging that I do every year that has really overtaken um, my life in a way that I regret <laughs> this year. But that's and, and and that comes out that comes out March third, right? Uh, yes, I'm releasing it in two sections because I wrote too many songs. But yeah, the first will drop on March 3rd. 14 um, songs come out March 3rd. But we're not talking about me. Thanks for the plug, Matt. Um, but uh, we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, so um, I want to ask you about a couple of things that I've heard about it. And in a non-spoiler way, um, you can comment on them. One, I want to know, I'm not, I, I guess I haven't read this. How long is this movie? Is it incredibly, is it like a two, two hours two and, and five chain? minutes? Two hours and what? How many? Five. Five. Okay. Yeah, so it's so, a pretty tight, like, they fit a lot into uh, yeah. a, a tight package. I was going to say, that's downright brief for MCU, at uh, right. uh, least late, lately, yeah. putting out close to three-hour movies, mm-hmm. Eternals and Endgame, and even Doctor Strange was like 240. change, yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. So, um, did it feel... Did it feel long? Did it feel like it needed to be longer? Were they trying to cram? It seems like uh, from the trailers and from what I've seen, it seems like a lot happens in this movie. Are they cramming too much in, or is it like a is it a good two hours? Is it does it drag? Does it is it feel rushed or what? You said it was a mess. I guess I'm wondering. I'm addressing that like the fun mess part. Is it a mess because too much is happening, or is it a mess because like it needs more time to flesh things out? If you want 
take have at it, Matt. You you seem to have something <laughs> brewing there. Yeah, no, uh, um, I, I'm going to go back to the um the, the uh, to the world building because I think that is is a big part of this film. They 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 set a tone where it's like, okay, we need to introduce this world. We need to show how this is different. We have characters we need to introduce. Um, and there is a wide variety of characters. It, it was, um, it was very Star Wars, in fact, um, hmm. it, 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 in, in that regard. Um, but, but I thought, I thought it was paced very well. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it, I thought it, I thought it was paced very well and I didn't think it dragged and I didn't think it was rushed. So, okay. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 mess thing. You know, there was some spots that I thought there was it could have. Um, I don't know if it could have been paced better, or they could have cut, or they could have done X, Y, or Z, or sure. they needed to flesh stuff out. Um, you know, you're thrown you're thrown into the quantum realm, as we know. Um, it's not really a spoiler that quantum mania is happening in the quantum realm. Yeah, I think uh, that's <laughs> obvious. Yeah. So uh, there's, uh, like Matt said, there is a lot of, a lot of stuff thrown at you in that two hours and five minutes, and some of it hits, some of it doesn't, but I think the the overall gist is still positive. Cool. Um, it, 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 it keeps with it keeps with the tradition of Ant Man. You know, Ant Man is is more of a, um, a comedic character when, yeah. when when he needs to get serious, he can. That there's some very funny parts. Um, it, it has, it has a great lead in and, um, since it's public knowledge, they, they released it. Um, there's a book in it, which they're actually releasing oh, yeah. the book and, um, and, and that's very funny and, and they, that plays into the story a bit. Cool. Um, I think I have two more questions before we go to no, before we go to spoiler territory for just you guys, but. Did either of you, I've heard reports, and it's actually something we're going to talk about in our main episode after we're done recording this one, but like some of the reviews, the negative reviews, have mentioned uh, like dodgy CGI and like not great CGI and like I apparently, like, or just like, m- like miss, like just not consistent, I guess, un- not consistent CGI where some of it looks great and some of it is like, whoa. And that's kind of like the, what we've seen effect. from like, yeah, Moon Knight, Thor, Love and Thunder, and, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, She-Hulk, a lot of recent Marvel stuff has had, like, stuff that looks great. You can tell they spent a lot of time on it and then stuff that looks like, eh. Blah. So did you notice that at all in this movie? Or did it, if you did, did it take you out of it? Or did you think that it looked better or worse? Or kind of like, do you agree or what, I guess? What are your thoughts on the CGI? I would say there wasn't, there was definitely some stuff I noticed, but nothing enough to take me out of it. But right. you also know my bar is pretty low on that. Uh, like even outside of like the log scene of Moon Knight, there and even <laughs> yeah. that didn't even take me out of it. It was just like, oh, that's weird. Okay, moving yeah. on. Um, yeah. Like I, I don't have. There's, there's a lot of people that have a lot of problems with CGI that like takes them out of the immersion. That right. never really bothers me. So that may also have been part of, you know, may have been part of the equation. Sure, sure. Uh, the, the only thing I, w- I would say about the CGI is that um, it seemed a little inconsistent. So um, it, it, it almost seemed like in the same world you had uh, Coruscant and you had Tatooine. Well, and, hmm. and they seemed, you know, like a mile apart. Um, yeah. it, it was it was hard to, uh, you know, they had this 
uh, a beautiful city, and then they had this uh, deserted rock formation place. Oh yeah, um, I mean there was one but, section but, that literally that, looked like that, Felucia, where um, uh, yeah. Sakura was killed in the Clone War in uh, Episode Three, with all the weird bubbly stalks and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and that was also in the Quantum Realm, like next to this deserted looks like the you know middle of Mustafar section, and you're like, oh, okay. Okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, uh, for more on the CGI, stay tuned for our uh, full-length episode of Multiverse Report this week. Um, my last question is, did it feel like... You guys have mentioned world-building a number of times, and sometimes I struggle with MCU movies that feel like it's just... It's not a movie unto itself. It's just, like, a commercial for the next movie, or it's just, like... It's uh, gap bridging, or it's it's only it's only world building, and it's not enough. Like this is an Ant Man story. It's more of just like this is part one of another twenty eight part thing, and it doesn't feel like its own film. So like, was it was there too much world building? Did this does it stand alone as an Ant Man movie at all? I mean, I, at this point in the MCU, I can't really expect any movie to completely stand alone as its own thing. Um, but I guess yeah. Taking- Count was it like an Ant Man movie or was it a MCU uh, episode? Um, both. It was definitely a. There was a self contained self contained story in there with the uh, for lack of a better description the Ant family and how they interacted with Kang. Um, sure. And but also setting the stage for what is to come and what. Uh, giving you a taste of what Kang in his various iterations as as someone yeah. who's got the you know comic background what what his iterations like lead to and where he is so sure. this this version of Kang was Kang the Conqueror or you know uh, not the Ramatut Immortus you know uh, Scarlet Centurion right. like okay. this was supposed to be Kang the Conqueror nice so Matt what did you think yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I feel like almost um, the first half of the film was an Ant-Man film, and the second half was, it's an Ant-Man film, but we're building. We're obviously going somewhere. We're obviously setting up. Um, we're, we're explaining things to because we're going to need to come back to them at some point. And... Yeah. Um, as as they always do, uh, you know the uh, end credit scenes do what they do. But but sure. um, yeah, I I, I I agree with Steve in that um, it was it, it it did both. Nice. Well, I know I'm kind of talking out talking out both sides of my mouth when I say when I say when I criticize Marvel for that because I also feel like something that Phase Four kind of lacked was a build towards a bigger story which we are accustomed to and even though uh i get sick of that when i feel like a movie is just a commercial for the next movie um in phase four it was kind of like all right what are we doing here are is there going to be a bigger story like how do these things connect like what are we what are we doing well yeah Um, because the original you had everything led to yes it led to the avengers yeah, but in small. Also... I feel like the phase phase one was mostly in post credit scenes. I feel like where mo- was a lot yeah. of the connectivity. And then phase two, where they started kind of like, I think phase two, like 
Age of Ultron, there are sequences that just feel like, uh, hey, stay tuned three years from now when we get right. to Infinity War and like yeah. stuff like that. You know, yeah, you start seeing the just like, okay. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think they've kind of found, uh, for better or worse, they found a formula um, that is a that is able right. enables them to kind of do both or say that they're doing both. You but know, like you said, they didn't do that in Phase Four at all. Like it was. If it wasn't for local, lo, if it wasn't for locally, if it wasn't for Loki, you would have <laughs> yeah. no idea that Kang was remotely, you know, being yeah. teased or associated I mean, with anything. And like the the post credit scene in Shang Chi was kind of like that, where we had the cameos from Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. um, but they were kind of talking vaguely about the power of the Ten Rings and not in anything that like connected to any other thing that we saw later. So it still was like, okay, what something you know, whatever, right? So anyway, and, and, and you also didn't know. Sorry to interrupt. You also didn't know when that end credit scene took place, and right. and, and I think I think that was an issue with Phase Four. Is that um, it's like okay, how does this all fit together? When and where is this going? Um, yeah, is that is that end credit scene? Is that supposed to be in the middle of Phase Five? Is that right now? You know what's going on here. Yeah, and I mean, there's probably a little bit of uh, purposefulness in that design so they can make up their minds about that later on, <laughs> you know, whenever they want. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you for the insight. Uh, I am going to now uh, remove my headphones so you guys can talk spoilers and it's, you know, feel free to lead the conversation however you guys want, like uh, how in-depth you want to get or whatever. All right. But uh, I guess just give me like the high sign when it's time for me to rejoin the conversation for the sign-off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, I'll be hanging out uh, over here. So uh, have fun talking spoilers, guys. And anyone listening and watching, it's spoiler time. Yeah. So be like me and take your headphones off, or turn the podcast off, or yeah. whatever. Skip over yeah, to the main episode so, uh, after. Yeah. If you're if you're right. haven't seen it or don't want to be spoiled. Um, so yeah, we are entering a spoiler zone in three, two, one. Go go ahead, Matt, because you got something that's brewing again. I was just gonna say, you guys should have like a little jingle. Um, w- when you're about to do a spoiler section, yeah. there you go. So that we'll, you know, we'll make uh, Mike, it reminds me we'll of. We'll make uh, Mike write it. <laughs> yeah, yes. The you old uh, Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons, like after these messages, we'll be right back. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, what I was thinking of, and as corny as it is, is the Full House episode where. Uh, Jesse is writing Joey a jingle for, and it's time for another cartoon. Anyway, that uh, that tells you way too much about me. <laughs> well, um, how about we talk way too I, much I, about Quantumania? Go ahead, Steve. Um, yes, I guess um, diving right in. Uh, I know, I know you're you're ranking this extremely highly. I'm like, I I would probably put it like full, like mid tier in the MCU as far as what's come out. Like nothing. Nothing bad, sure. nothing, you know, it was not, uh, Winter Soldier it was not, but it was, like, also not Thor the Dark World. So, you know, Dead Nuts in the middle, probably on the higher end of, like, it was just enjoyable. Um, I think, like I said, Jonathan Majors put in a shift. Like, he was just absolutely yeah. golden as Kang. You also saw, I mean, anyone who saw it, the post credit scene includes him teasing Ramatut, uh, Immortus, and oh, yeah. um, probably Scarlet Centurion. Uh, it, that's the whoever the third was is still kind of up for grabs as to whether it was like supposed to be Kid Immortus or 
any uh, any other iteration of him. And then the final post credit scene is him as Victor Timely that we're going to see in Loki yep. season two, which is going to be amazing. Um, but again, we're and, on. To, and, we're already onto the. Seeing, oops, good. No, sorry, sorry, and seeing. Um, you know, three hundred Jonathan Majors. Uh, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was intimidating. It, oh, yeah. Um, it was, but it was also very cool. They they got very detailed with that. Like you said, they had the Ramatat. They had, you know, they had all these um, different uh, variants, and it was it was very cool. And it, um, you know, it, it's coming on the heels of Thanos, and and Thanos was about as as badass as you can get. And and I think because of that, you need to you need to build up um, Kang, and, and you need to build up um, you know the differences in the whole army and and, and the, yep. whole the whole dynasty. Of Kangs uh, and, yeah, yeah, and and I, and I think um, I think they did that in just that um, end credit scene by by showing how destructive he could be in the last hour of the film yeah. but, uh you know uh, michelle pfeiffer's character um you know s- speaking i mean she, she's such a great actress that that when she um when she spoke of him and had real terror in her eyes it it it, it she's speaking of one variant and then you see these Three, four hundred variants of them. It it was, um, uh, I thought that was poignant. Well, I guess let's pivot to that then, because, you know, some of the best parts of the movie were the interactions with Michelle Pfeiffer and Jonathan Majors. And how, like, that chemistry and that whole storyline with her, like, what happened with her being trapped in the quantum realm, uh, great, great pieces of the puzzle. Um, Great to see that. But, it's funny because in the movie, like in the actual cast, she's uh, like Evangeline Lilly is billed second and she doesn't exist for most of the movie. And that's very, very yeah, confusing and, and, to me. Yeah. And, and, and I wonder why that is. Um, I mean, I have, I have my crackpot theories, but, but um, I, I, I agree. She is, in fact, I, I would say it is, it is Paul Rudd, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Michael Douglas, and then Evangeline Lilly. Um, it, it, as as far as the Pym family goes, um, it, uh, um, as importance in in this film. Um, um, well, of course, I, I, I left out um, I, I left out Cassie, but um, well, but, and that's, uh, again, that's another piece where it's like, does that was another thing that I don't know if that worked for me, like the. Sure. The Cassie storyline itself, um, I I like what they're ultimately trying to do, setting up like Young Avengers, but I don't young know Avengers. if in this movie, um, I don't know what fell flat about it, but it didn't like something didn't land for me there. Um, as far as other critiques, uh, I don't know. It was there wasn't a whole lot. It was it was in general, I thought a fine movie. Yeah, um, but my only critique um, is it, it. So if we go back to Endgame, um, and, and the whole the, the whole reason Endgame worked was because Scott spent what he felt he uh, felt was five hours in the quantum realm, 
and turned out to be five years. Right. Um, it, it, it seemed inconsistent with this film, um, the idea that, um, um, you know, how long did, did they spend in the quantum realm? And then they kind of just went back to reality. And how long did Michelle Pfeiffer spend? You know, sh- she spoke of, of years and years and years in the quantum realm uh, with Kang. Yep. And, and how does that play out? Because if five hours equals five years, that, that doesn't... Um, well, and it might be some weird thing where it's like, you know, some sometimes it feels like five minutes. Sometimes it feel, it's like just time is just completely wonky sure. between the two. And they could, I mean, they can sure. find ways to hand wave away that at least. And, 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 and I'm, 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 I'm just nitpicking there, oh, yeah. um, but you know, because it's, it's, um, look, you're going to have, uh, small potholes. You, yep. you have them everywhere. You have them in Marvel, you have them in Star Wars, you have them in, um, you know, wherever. Oh, yeah. And it, um, um, but, but, but getting back to Michelle Pfeiffer, she was great. Um, I, I thought. She really had uh, the most serious scenes and uh, did a great job yeah. of explaining how Kang, um, how dangerous he is. Um, one character that uh, was not very serious, but uh, great for comic relief and fit the role perfectly was Bill Murray as uh, oh, yeah. in his uh, yeah. uh, uh, cameo. Um and he kind of just came and went, and and, and you and didn't he played see Bill Murray much. and like that was that. exactly yeah um, exactly the I don't know I guess the other the other thing that I that didn't quite the, or that disappointed me was as dumb as it sounds Paul Rudd as Scott Lang like really? you didn't you didn't get the the happy go lucky like a lot of the stuff that made the first two Ant Man movies as fun as they were. Uh, I I lament the fact that Luis wasn't there. Uh, like sure. that would have been great, but it seems like a lot of the fun, happy times for that was just missing in action. Um, yeah, I, I I I almost feel like they transferred a lot of the um, uh, goofiness to. Uh, let me just get his name here. Um, a lot of the goofiness to uh who is the big bad in the first film darren darren oh, yeah the, the, the modok yeah yeah and and that was and that MODOK, was um like, i that worked for me i could see why it doesn't work for some people but i also sure. know modok as a character and like it's just supposed to be absurd so yeah yeah and um you know uh we had talked in the non-spoiler preview we 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 spoke about the CGI. I thought the stuff with um, the thousands of Ant Man's uh, Ant Man's poor. How do you how do you say the Ant Men? There we go. Yeah. Um. I I thought that was very well done and and creative and um. So I give them props on on visual effects side. Uh, yeah. With that, like the, it was it was a good bit of good mixed with some jarring. So yeah. Um, a couple other good things I really liked is they had some very unique characters. Um, there was the guy that kept talking about holes and the guy uh, yeah. that could read people's minds. Yep. 
And one of my favorite one of my favorite lines in the whole movie was when Michael Douglas goes, Hank Pym goes, "Holy shit, that guy looks like broccoli." Yeah, um, you know, because it just oh yeah, there were it, definitely it, some it, it, levity it, moments in it, and it was yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and I guess I guess that's what I meant by uh, when I said it was very Star Wars. It was kind of like going into um, um, Mos Eisley Spaceport. You know, yeah, yeah. you have all these all these different gooey and and hairy and yeah. broccoli type characters. Yep. Um, that I, I give a lot of credit to the people that created those characters oh, yeah. um, because it's. It's um it, it takes excuse me it takes a lot to create a character uh, from scratch and they they create a bunch of them. Absolutely. So I guess uh, closing thoughts. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give it an eight out of ten. Okay. Um, Solid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, whereas you know, Winter Soldier, Ragnarok, Endgame. Um, yeah. are solid ten out of tens for yep. me. Um, this was this this set the stage for for what's to come. Right, what's to come can, in? It might be one of those King movies Dynasty, where Young Avengers. Yeah, yeah, it may be one of those movies where where we ultimately land on this is where what comes after lands, and I'd I'd probably say a seven or seven and a half. So yeah, yeah, should I we, agree. Should we, uh, should we bring Mike um, back I, in it, for it, the? Yeah, let's right. do it. So, yeah. Uh, well, Mike well, Mike gets his headphones back after he's been strumming away on his guitar. Uh- <laughs> Over okay, here. hi. Hey. Hey, everybody. A little 3PO action there, yeah. I'm back <laughs> over here. Um, over here. Over here, hey. I hope, you, uh, uh, hope your discussion was good. Oh, yeah. yeah Absolutely. Maybe I'll listen to it after I see the movie. There you go. Someday. Um, well, uh, then I guess. Real quickly, Mike. Yeah, uh, hit me. Steve, r- r- right after you took your headphones off, I said to Steve, "You guys, you got to write like a a ten second jingle about a spoiler or like uh, you know, Smart. like like time for another cartoon, you know, something <laughs> uh, like something to to put out the spoilers here." You know, like how Mark Marin does the acoustic. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Smart. I, Not I to think, completely uh, rip off another podcaster, but well, he doesn't do a spoiler alert thing, so it's not ripping it off. It's totally it's different. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I think I can definitely do that. Um, just not this month. Um, not before I release <laughs> these songs that I've been uh, just going insane over. Um, Anyway, Matt, thank you so much for joining us for this Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania discussion. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Uh, you guys know your stuff and you do your research. Uh, it's, a, it's a big deal uh, uh, whenever I come on here, and it's an absolute pleasure. Well, thanks. And uh, we appreciate you being here. And again, check out Heroes of the Disney Galaxy, really wherever you get your podcast. right? You're, not, you're, you're yep. just everywhere, right? Yeah, Apple and Absolutely. Spotify and all that stuff, yeah. So check out Mapisade on Heroes of the Disney Galaxy. And uh, if you're watching live on Twitch, don't go anywhere. We're about to do a full uh, week's recap of all your nerdy news um, coming up right after this. Uh, And if you're listening in your podcast feed, check out the rest of your feed for that episode uh, that we're about to record right now. And if you're um, not listening on your podcast feed, subscribe to us so you are. Yeah, please do.
please subscribe uh, and write us a review and follow us on social media, the Multiverse Report, Multiverse RPT on Twitter. Uh, you can drop us an email at multiversereport at gmail.com, multiversereport.com, all this kind of stuff. Uh, we're out there. Find us. We're doing this every Sunday night for the most part. <laughs> um, and until then, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>